But the main thing that we discriminate on is ourselves and others based on the sin nature. So it is possible to exercise honesty and humility. The desire for spiritual growth through Christ-mindedness. Insights on biblically inspired faith consciousness and how the virtue of Christ helps us relate to the world around us. Welcome to the Spiritual Renewal Podcast with your host, George Vasquez. There's a uh, group of people that like to stay anonymous, and so they do these marches every year, and they put on masks. And there's something about masks. There was one, it was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. You remember that, the mask? A mask, what it does is it hides who you are so that you can remain anonymous. In that sense, a mask might be something that uh, could be a benefit to you if, if you were doing something like, say, for instance, robbing a bank. Um, you know, you might want to be anonymous when you do that so that you wouldn't get caught. There's other reasons for wearing masks, not so much physical, but things that go on about our character that we know personally and don't want anybody else to know. Secrets. Some stuff that you want to keep hidden. And there are things, and oftentimes this happens, where you want to avoid the truth and you don't want people to know. But you have a very difficult time balancing honesty and dishonesty. You know, the CIA, they're trained lie detectors, the agents themselves. They don't need a machine. They All they have to do is interact with you for a few minutes and they can tell whether you're lying or not. Because people do have a certain kind of uh, physical response that go along with lying. Body language, one of those elements that they study. And here's the thing that's happened to me in my life, and uh, particularly my prayer life. I go to the Lord, and with the knowledge and understanding that God knows everything, you pray to God, and you can catch yourself being as dishonest with the Lord. And then I would do that. I would say to myself, wait a minute, Lord, you know what I'm talking about. Why should I try to dance around the issue? I should get straight to the heart of the matter. I think God wants us to understand that and be honest with Him. Dealing with others from where you stand in where you can be discriminating. A person that discriminates, picks and chooses the level of honesty that he wants to deal with that person on. So in other words, one person that you might not like, you may choose to dance around the subject or even let out a little white lie being slightly, quote, slightly dishonest just because you don't want to let that person in on your personal life, your secret, your, uh, you don't want to be that honest with that person, you know. So God says, you're my child and 
I want you to have a close, personal, and intimate relationship with me. And we say to ourselves, this is something new to us. We love you, Lord, for dying on the cross. And sins are a big issue. Because it's generally speaking, it's going to be sins that you want to hide. That's the human nature. That's the way we generally are. We always want to build up a facade. That means like a fake front or put on a mask. And the mask says, this is who you want to be. It's not who you are. Underneath, you're someone else. And uh, there's this false mask or personification of this figure that you have a character in your mind that you want people to believe who you are. There's a lot of guys, and I've seen this happen too, they'll come through and they'll just start talking all kinds of lies. And some people will lie so much that they're not even aware of the fact that other people are caught them in a lie and don't believe them. And they continue on with the charade. So you pretty much could make up anything and tell anybody anything you wanted about who this little person in your mind you've made up, you are. You know, well, I've done this, that, and the other thing. And when reality comes down to it, you've lied your teeth off and you really, you just want people to believe that's who you are and you're not that person. Yeah. And it revolves around sins. You know, in Romans 6.23, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you look at the, the New King James Version, it says, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's a difference through and in. One little word can make a lot of difference. But I believe that we should be in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We pray and ask for blessings, and they come through Christ Jesus, our Lord. But for us... To be in Christ Jesus our Lord means that we have received the free gift of God and that, but now here you have the wages of sin. What happens if you're not honest? And I think that sometimes we have a wrong view of sin. Sin is not always everything that you uh, do that is wrong. And you might have made a list in your mind and you said, you know what, I did this bad. This is a bad thing I did towards someone. This is another thing that I did towards someone. Now I'm going to move into, I want to leave that life behind me. But to do it honestly? So say you could say, I'm a Christian now, but that does that erase everything, all the harm that you've done to many people? because of some bad behavior that has occurred in your life, it doesn't erase that. And feelings get hurt, and wounds go deep. They heal, but scars remain. And oftentimes people will remember, do you remember this scar you gave to me? They might bring it up. So honesty, obviously, is the best policy. But then there are times where if you tell the truth, you might hurt somebody. Because sometimes the truth hurts. And one of those circumstances might arise where if you was to mention a certain something in conversation and bring it up, this person might actually get hurt by it. It could damage them. They might get grieved because of it. They might be affected emotionally 
and it could have a lasting effect on that person. There's a fine line that, that we draw that determines whether a lie is white or whether the truth should be told and avoided. And it's very difficult for us to do that unless we have a personal relationship with God. See, God has the right to discriminate, but we do not. We can't discriminate towards one another. It, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the news and around the world regarding equality, uh, a woman's right to choose, gay marriage, transgender bathrooms, different ideas that have developed around the idea that some people discriminate or hold that group accountable and then they're they're not acknowledged and so and it used to be it used to be back in the day there were homosexuals but they just did their thing and nobody paid a mind to it now when they say they come out of the closet they want to make it all political and they want to make it an issue and, and I have rights and now they're marching and protesting and making a big deal they're a very small percentage but the main thing that we discriminate on is ourselves and others based on the sin nature and and the whole thing is you've offended me and so now because of the offense that you have offended me I'm going to discriminate against you or I'm going to hold you accountable I'm going to be prejudiced now God's not like that. And He's called us to be like Him. For God, there's nothing secret. Look, look at this one verse here. We'll, we'll start out in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. It says, There's no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to His eye, the eyes of Him who we must give an account. Imagine this. Every time you had a thought, it notified all your friends on their cell phone and the thought appeared on their phone. Whatever the thought might be. Your whole life put on blast. Whether you liked it or not. And everybody knew what you were thinking. This is what God's saying is, everything's transparent to me. You can't run nothing past me. You can't lie to me. You can't manipulate me. This verse in Hebrews is telling us there's nothing that is secret to God. He knows everything. I found that early in my prayer life, like I'd be talking to God and I'd be going, I think I need to be honest with you because you already know anyway. So if you're praying to God and you're building an honest relationship with Him, you realize that there's nothing that He doesn't know. Nothing is hidden. Everything is naked to Him. He has full transparency, full omniscience, full knowledge of everything going on. And so you might say, well, why, why do I have to bother praying then? Well, the, the fact of the matter is he wants to hear from you. What kind of a relationship would it be if you didn't, weren't talking to him? When he talks to you through the word of the Bible, he's expecting you to communicate with him as well. And not only that, but it shows you're showing to him the faith that he has given to you and you're being able to exercise that in prayer. And a large part of that has to do with repentance. Oftentimes we show discrimination simply by just showing partiality. And the Proverbs say it is not good to be partial for because for a crust of bread, a man will transgress. It's true that it's better for us to be fair with everyone 
and be honest with everyone. That's always the best policy. Otherwise, uh, there's uh, we can be prejudiced, and if we're being prejudiced with others or ourselves, then all we're doing is trying to manipulate things to our own advantage. We're putting on a mask, and the mask might be golden too. So oftentimes, because you don't want to put on a mask that makes you look ugly, you want to put a mask on that makes you look beautiful and good. And a lot of uh, a lot of times, we're going to put on the mask that says, "Look at me, I'm such a righteous man." The Bible calls that self-righteousness. When honesty revolves around just our own selfish interests, guess what's going to happen? It's going to harm those ones around us. And there's a great example of that, and I want us to look at it in Genesis. Genesis chapter 37. Going into a story here that really revolves around a youngster. And you'll notice here in Genesis chapter 37, and I'm starting with the first verse. Now, Jacob dwell in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And he was with the sons of Bilah and the sons of Zephlah. His father's wives, Joseph, brought a bad report of them to his father. And now Israel, and remember that uh, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all the other children because he was with the son, uh, a son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. And it's said that this was a fine garment because you don't often find dyes in tunics. It's usually just plain colors. And this was a nice piece of garment. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So what happened is the father himself, Israel, or Jacob as it may be, showed partiality towards one son, the one that was youngest. And he made sure that all the other sons knew that he loved this one even more. There was a lot of partiality going on here. We're talking about discrimination. What happened then? Instead of his other brothers coming around this youngster and saying, we love you too, you're such a great kid, they got mad. Their feelings got hurt. And what happened was, Joseph had a dream, verse 5, and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he went and said to them, please, Hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. See a little discrimination there in the dream? Just a little bit. Then he goes on, and his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream. He told his brothers and said, Look, I've had a dream, another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers 
envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. So his dad could have said something right there and then try to squash the matter. What ended up happening is if his brothers got so angry with him, they wanted to kill him. And they nearly did kill him. As the story plays out, everything has to do with saving face, to be liked, to be noticed, to have people pleased with you. So that when people come around you, they think, they say, oh, gee, what a great guy. You know, that's important, I think, to a certain, to a certain level, if you're giving God the glory, if you're giving God the honor, if God is saying, I'm using you, and then all of a sudden you turn this whole thing and it's not about you, it's all about Him, then it makes a big difference. Really big difference. That's known as nurturing humility. See, God will protect us, and not only that, but He will exalt us, just like He did Joseph. Joseph ended up going to Egypt, and the Pharaoh made him a very important figure in Egypt, and those brothers ended up having to bow down before that important figure. Because God had exalted Joseph, the brothers found themselves bowing down to him in Egypt when they were in need. So there's this fear that often causes anger, the fear of being mistreated or misunderstood. If I tell the truth, if I say this, or if this happens, then how are people going to look at me then? Are they going to treat me differently? Or maybe they will mistreat me? And I don't want to be misunderstood like that, if you think you're being misunderstood at all. So, nurturing the humility exalts God and protects us from the most important thing, pride. Because when pride enters in, things begin to change, things begin to go wrong. So, there's a difference in the way you handle yourself when when you put yourself as the ego, the pride, or the center of the relationship, as opposed to when you put God, the center of your relationship and the things that go around your relationship regarding God. It's a spiritual act. So, uh, piety refers to that particular thing, prayers and giving that can be done in secret that glorifies God's work through us, right? We want to recognize that God is working through us. It's not uh, that we can work our way by by uh, fasting or anything. Remember, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not that of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not works, lest any man should boast. So we're not to boast about doing anything. And in fact, God wants to do things through us. And so it's not us doing it. It has to do with God Himself doing it through us. It's not what you can do, but what God does through you. And that's what counts. Notice here the verse in Philippians 2, okay, and uh, 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each one of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So it's putting things in the right perspective, being honest with it, and knowing where you might be discriminating towards other or towards yourself, where you might be harming the community around you, you don't want to do that. Because as servants of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what other 
think about us or whether they're comparing us to something or one thing or another. It's what God thinks of you and how He compares you to Himself, which is holy and righteous as it is. But because of the blood of Jesus, you have the opportunity of coming to God in a righteous standing. So it is possible to exercise honesty and humility. But you have to do it in the community of confession. There's no humbler place to be than when you go to your brother and you say, excuse me, brother, but I have to tell you, I'm sorry I did this. Forgive me. That's exercising humility. That's showing a humble spirit. That's not being proud. The proud thing to do would be not to mention it. To offend your brother and not even say a thing about it. And in fact, let it fly over your head. And we're not called to be men of pride. Because James makes it really clear. Look, let's just close out with this one verse in James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse 16. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Do you see that? You will be healed if you're not prideful, if you're not the sinner, if you're not the one that's being prejudiced with others, if you're not discriminating with others, if you're exercising humility, then you will be healed. If you want healing in your life, this is the place to begin. It's with a close, personal, and intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And no matter how well-intentioned a lie is or may be, the trust that you break with that person is going to be damaged because someone's going to say, you know what, you lied to me the last time, so I'm not going to give you another chance. That's being discriminate from the other way and being the person that's being discriminated against. Why? Because of dishonesty. Because we were unable to be truthful and honest to those ones. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, and seven it says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin and if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us forgiveness is the key it's the key to sanity it's the key to healing it's the key to life it's a key to happiness, peace, and joy. Pastor George, thanks. If you like the show, just include us in your feed. Subscribe and turn on notifications for updates. Visit us at virtueeffect.com. That virtue, no allow it, and effect, all one word, dot com.